Hello and welcome to the 10 Pence Arcade Podcast. I am joined today by Jim and Sean from Pie Factory Podcast, Chicago Headquarters Northeast. Yeah, West. Pie Factory Headquarters North. That's it. We are, we are both currently located in our northern headquarters. Brilliant. Yes, I had to make the commute in, and uh, from what I understand, we don't get a travel stipend, so you know this is out of my own pocket. Because oh. this is international, we can't claim it on our taxes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, somehow, um, uh, somehow, uh, our uh, engineer gets travel expenses. Yeah. yeah. Hyde hmm. Saint Pierre. Yeah. Yeah, Hyde Saint Pierre. He's I was blanking on his name for Hyde, man, what are you doing? Anyway, thank you for joining me, lads. Well, thank you for joining us. We'll start with adjusting the chair so it doesn't fall down. And then, what... Can Just explain a bit about your podcast. You've been going for nearly as long as us, haven't you? Six or seven years, I think. Yeah, seven. We just passed the seventh anniversary in April. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. yeah not consistent, consistently, sure. but, you know. Why, why did you start the podcast? I know why I started for a love of arcade games and Vic twisted my arm. But but you you had um, other sort of things going on as well. You did especially, Jim, didn't you? With you? Yeah, you I had a political podcast that I was doing, and I got so burned out on talking about politics. And and quite frankly, nowadays I've changed a lot of my opinions on what I used to espouse. Uh, but what happened was in 2014? 2014? 15. Oh, it was 2015. Well, in 2014, though, it, I had um, oh, that's true. surgery on my foot yeah. uh, in December, and then I was laid out until March of 2015. And during that time, I was talking to Sean. We had been friends for like 20-some years. And um, I was talking to Sean, asking if he wanted to do a video game podcast because I wanted to get out of the freaking, uh, uh, you know, political thing. And, um, and I told him, you know, uh, let's do arcade games. He's like, oh, like no quarter? I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize there was an arcade <laughs> video game podcast, but despite our better judgment, we decided to go ahead and do it anyway. Yeah, I was thinking, should we do this with No Quarter being around? But the guys at No Quarter said there's always room for another arcade podcast. So yeah. here we are. We were inspired by No Quarter. I think Alex and Vic started it in 2014, and then Alex went on to mm -hmm. do his Nintendo YouTube channel and other stuff. And Vic says, do you want to trial, for, trial out for it? So I did. And everything else just went downhill from there. <laughs> but we're still here. Right, eight years later, yeah. eight years. Right, let's move on to what have we been up to? Slash, what games have we been playing? Hello, I would like to know, what are the games you've been playing? A lot. Uh, can I start? Go right ahead. I'll it's your start. joke. <laughs> yeah. I've been playing, Vic's going to love this because I'm always on about Borderlands, uh, but it's not Borderlands 2, it's Borderlands 2 and a half. It's Borderlands the pre-sequel. That's what I've been playing most of. And also our featured game, which we're going to talk about in a bit. And I also went to Arcade Club Bury to meet up with friends. I think you know a couple of them. Charlie Farr, Tronad, Sol, who did the last podcast with me. I think he came. Yeah. And Mark Cabood. A couple of, couple of, couple of people. And I've been to Northampton, which is 360 mile round trip. So it's long for us Britishers that. And I went to see my family and friends. And that's a really good catch up. Uh, the guy that I met was, I was his best man at his wedding. And he's now forgiven me. Oh. He's all right now. <laughs> <He's>, uh... <laughs> and that was really good. Just, just excellent. A few walks in the country with waff. And that was it. What have you been up to, lads? Well, uh I uh, got back from a 25th anniversary uh, trip to Iceland, so that was interesting. Iceland is amazing. Uh, airfare is cheap, but pretty much everything else is expensive. So, do you know we have Iceland is a supermarket in the UK? Do you have that? No, no, no. We don't it's, have that. It's a supermarket that's just full of freezers, hence the name Iceland, and it's all frozen stuff. Ah. But they've branched out into other things like unfrozen stuff, like crisps. You don't freeze crisps. You could freeze crisps. Walt Disney. Hmm. Potato chips. Sorry, potato chips, not crisps. Well, yeah, here in America, uh, there's act like Pringles are actually potato crisps. They're not potato chips. So we have that distinction. Yeah. If it's made from a slurry, it's a crisp. If yeah. it's made simply by frying sliced potato chip. Oh. 
Very nice, eh? What have you been up to, Sean, lately? Let's see. I, too, took some trips and went to Las Vegas and Milwaukee. And, and you experimented with edibles, so you went on three trips. And I went? And you experimented with edibles. I didn't experiment. I just plain ate them. And, and so you had three trips. And uh, let's see. I had another one last night, too. So what, well, like, okay, what, yeah. what are them? You're going to have to explain for our UK listeners. I didn't know, but, you, but they might Okay, know. yeah. There's a certain kind of uh, herb that grows in nature that used to be against the law in many, many places for many decades. And just recently here, it was made legal, I think in uh, 2020. So went to the local uh, shop and got an edible version of said herb and gave it a little shot. And that's, that's it. You know, the herb in question is dill. Of course. Yes. Oh, very nice. Dill gives you that nice trip. It's nice on salad. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yes, I strongly recommend going to a dispensary, getting this herb, and putting it on a salad. Long story short, it's it, it's really not worth the money. It's like, yeah, I'll just listen to music or something. But uh, I got uh, better bad habits to spend my money. Yeah, right. right. Such <laughs> yeah. as oh, playing games. Uh oh. This is a video game podcast, so I should talk about the games I played. Oh, I didn't talk about there was a weekend. I, uh, I think it was uh, July Fourth weekend, which is a big deal here. Uh, I went to two arcades. I went to Underground Retrocade. I went to uh, Galloping Ghost. And, uh, he, okay, here's the thing. The reason I went to Galloping Ghost is because they have the game we're about to talk about. And they also have the games that we on Pie Factory are about to talk about. Problem. All of them were not out on the floor. All three of those games. Ooh, that's a oh, that's a shame. Oh, I thought they weren't on the floor at all? If they were, they were they were kind of shoved in the back behind a bunch of uh, non-working games huh. in an area they're looking to expand into. Because the one cabinet is hard to miss. So. Yeah, and for the first time, I finally got to play Death Race because most times I go to the Ghost, Death Race isn't working properly. I got to tell you, that is a hard, very difficult game. I'm trying to remember if I've ever played. Those little <laughs> gremlins, so they say, are hard to catch. They are fast, and they turn it. It's almost like you have to have them run into you instead of you trying to run into them. Yeah, Vic had one of them. He actually had an original cab for a while, so I played that. But it's it's like a I don't know. It's not a it's not a game. I think he said as well. It's not a game you'd own to play because it's can get boring quite quick because there's not a lot hmm. to it. Yeah. I'd like to get one of those cabinets and put a marquee on it that says um, uh, Grand Theft Auto BC. So, oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> and also, I fired up the Vectrex a couple of days ago and played some rounds of Vector Pilot using a controller that was built by none other than, than Vic himself. Oh, that's an excellent Vector game. Pilot is amazing. It was more amazing as we when we looked into it. When I, I was actually over here one time and I played it on Sean's uh, Vectrex. And um, the Vectrex uses the same sound chip as the arcade time pilot. And so, because I was blown away by the sound on it. And then I found that out and I'm like, well, that explains it. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's better than the original, but I'd say in, the, in, the, in, the, in a way it's different enough to stand on its own, yeah. own two wings. Is that thing? Own two feet. Oh, I see what? what you did there. Yeah, it's, it's very good. One thing I've always wanted to see is somebody hack um, a time pilot in the arcade instead of using the joysticks, uh, putting a spinner on it. Yeah. I think that would be a cool uh, control scheme for that. Uh, anything else you've been playing? The Fool. Me too. Everybody plays The Fool. Me too. Sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah, because uh, I I forgot that I had two Atari 2600 trackballs one of which didn't work, and I actually figured out a way to kind of sort of make it work. So I was using that to play the trackball hack of the uh, 7800 version of, of uh, Centipede. Uh-huh. And I need, and the thing is, I realized, oh, I should be working right now. I should not be playing Centipede. <laughs> so I didn't really have much time to, uh, to actually invest into it and, and get a decent score. <laughs> See if I can replicate my 232,000 personal best from the arcade on it. I haven't played that cooperative with my son in a while. He, he oh, loved yeah. doing that. He was pretty good at it. Completely missed the 7800. 
Right, let's move on to Arcade News. Arcade News. Arcade News. This is good, right? Atari turns 50 years old. Now, I know what we think of oh, them now. Cause sort of. It's, it's, not, it's not really Atari anymore. It's a, it's a company that owns a brand. But the stuff that they did when they started out, I've put a few links in the no-shows for people to have a look at. And Arcade Heroes, Adam Pratt, is um, I interviewed him years ago. He's, he's an excellent guy, and he runs an arcade in Ohio or Arkansas. Might be in Arkansas. Arkansas. <laughs> I keep saying that. I can't help myself. Sorry. Uh, yeah, and he did an, a countdown of the, every single Atari game released ever under the Atari brand. Pinballs, even Redemption games, did a few. And that's brilliant, so put that in. Now, is that every era of Atari, or just, say, original era? It's 72 to, I think he said, I've up to about 2005-ish. I think wow. That, I think that's a lot. Now they're doing... You're talking the arcade side. Yeah, now they're just doing Still, the, the Steam games. From what I understand, I think Warner Brothers owns like half of the Atari arcade stuff. Now, I know they own Gauntlet because um, they put out the, uh, a redo of Gauntlet. Uh, it was on Steam and I bought it and it was like a big so what, but it was by Warner Brothers Interactive. They're doing these, what are they called? Reloaded, recharge. They've done the Gravitar recharge, Black Widow recharge, which apparently is quite good. I want to try the Black Black Widow one. I love Black Widow. Yeah, it's great to play, isn't it? But this is, I'm not going to go for all of these because it'll be boring. It's the, <laughs> a list of all the Atari first. This is how groundbreaking they were. Like Pong 1972, the first commercial video game. I know there was Galaxy Game, but that was in, I think it was, was it Stanford University? Something like that. Space Race, the first kind of racing game. You had to get to the top of the screen before the guy Pong doubles. First four-player game. Gotcha, 1973. That one with the controversial... Uh, can uh-huh. you see me on the camera here? Booby controllers. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, a, a maze game, a colour game in 1974. Rebound, that was different physics. Grand Track 10, the first vehicular racer. I think Taito Speed Race which was a different kind of thing. A top-down was released at the same time. Ping-pong, video pinball. Tank, ROMs, Quack, video light gun game. The first video light gun game in Atari did it. Pursuit, kind of an FPS kind of shooty thing. It's very long stretch, that's the FPS. Indy 800, first eight-player. Highway, first sit-down game. Anti-aircraft, first known Easter egg. You can change the planes to UFOs in the dip switch. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Shark Jaws, animated characters introduced. Sidar and Bezel had, had some features on which was introduced. This is a good one. You know this font that we still use today in lots of different things. I, I've always called this the Namco font, but apparently Atari recommended it. No, they didn't. They made oh, really? it. They made it. <laughs> 1976, a game called Quiz Show, which is obviously a quiz game, May came up with the Atari Arcade font. If you type Arcade font into Google, this is what comes up, and you recognise it straight away. So there's loads of other stuff. Scaling graphics, scrolling, playfield, two monitors. Console hardware, first use of console hardware, and it's Atari 2600 in a Pong clone table called Tournament Table. And if you if you look at that table, it's, it still looks contemporary. Now it's a black thing. It looks incredible. If I had one... One cocktail, I'd have that. Fire truck, co-op. Atari, football, the first trackball, as we were talking about. Battle zone, 3D landscape. Tempest, you can start, select your starting what, level. Tempest? What? Tempest. Tempest, Tempest. Oh. And iRobot 1983, you had the first 3D polygons. It goes on and on, but all that stuff was trailblazing. So we just can't forget. A lot of people don't re- realize that. I mean, when you think Atari, you think like, Arcade, you think like Centipede, Asteroids, Missile Command, that sort of thing. But a lot of people don't realize Atari, before Asteroids, had a lot of black and white uh, arcade games. And we're talking a lot. And I think, in my opinion, the best sports game ever released in the arcade is Atari's Football, which is the two-player dual trackball machine. Maybe the X's and, uh, and That was like 1978, 79, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. And the, my, my strategy for that. Everybody wants to run after the ball carrier. No, just stay with whomever you're defending. That'll you'll have much better results that way. 
That's a real fun game. Yeah. Sean kicks my ass. Well, he whenever we play a two player game, he always kicks my ass anyway, so Except maybe Gyrus, but uh, we haven't played Gyrus. There's no Gyrus uh, two player at the That's, same time. Yeah, I'll put a couple more links in about Atari because they are they are well they were great, but there's still the 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 brand whatever it is is still releasing yeah. games. So there's a Gravatar Recharge is the latest one. Yeah. Why, what, by the way, one of the games you mentioned on there, Space Race, that is what the Activision Freeway is based on. It's not a Frogger knockoff. It's a Space Race knockoff. Oh, yeah. Ah, right. You can only go up, can't you? You can't... Oh, you might be able yep. to go down and up. You can only go vertical anyway. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't know. Oh, is that... Is on Space Race, is that true? Yeah. I've, I've never yeah, played Space be. Race. I think there's a variation like that on uh, Freeway. And interestingly enough, you bring up Freeway, but on the way here, I got... Uh, I got to drive on, uh, I think it's the first variation, which is Lakeshore Drive in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Didn't see any chickens crossing this time. Though. Yeah. yeah. That's a, actually a regular common occurrence right there by McCormick Place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More Atari stuff. Gravatar Recharge. I'll put a link to that. That's the latest one. They've done Black Widow Recharged even, and a couple of others. <laughs> they've, done, they've done Recharge Recharge, which is about batteries. Then that's crap one that you just plug a battery in and it's all right. More Atari Star Wars Vectors. More Atari. Good God, man. At Star Wars Vector 1983 Easter Egg. The, the, that's a good one to look at. The people's names come up in a star field at the end of the game, which is very hard to see. Another good oh. one. Sega Rally Modern Recreation in Progress using Unreal Engine 5. That looks really good. It's like it looks perfect gameplay. And the, with polished Unreal Engine 5 graphics, that's a that's a good one. Rest in Pixels, Bernie Stolar of Sega. He did a lot for the arcades and he did a lot for the consoles like the Genesis and the Master System and stuff. So that's worth a read. So Rest in Pixels, him. And Arcade Management Sim, anyone. There's an Arcade Management Simulation coming out. Sort of lightweight kind of thing. That looks really good. I put a link in the no-shirts for that. And, oh, have you heard of this? Huge congratulations to Mike Kibbe for breaking the world record in Nibbler this morning. Final score, one yes. billion, oh. 233 million, 22,350. So he was going for, I don't know, he was going for a week and he had to go and get some shopping and he came back and he had loads of extra lives. Then, yeah. he, <laughs> then, he, then he mowed the grass and he's still going. That's excellent, isn't it? I still can't get past about 100 grand on that. Uh, Is it a pattern game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. At one point, I can't figure out the pattern. Uh, it, when Tim McVeigh was at Underground Retrocade, he set the house high at about $7 million, And I thanked him for not being all Tim McVeigh about it and getting like a billion. He said, I just wanted to give everybody something to shoot for. Uh -huh. And Very I don't think anybody's tried. <laughs> Me and Vic got assigned. Was it, is it called some Chasing Snakes? It's not called Chasing Snakes, is it? Chasing ghosts. Man versus snake, is it? So Man versus snake. snake. That's right. Yeah. We got signed posters when we went to. Is it Pixel Blast that shut down? Is it Pixel? Yeah. Blast? Yeah. Pixel Blast shut down. Yeah, the guy there. He, he sort of gave us them because I think he may have been involved in it in some way. So I got a signed one from him. A poster. For that, that was a nice arcade. I was sad to see them yeah. closing down. Yeah, yeah really. We were only there for a couple of hours, but it's a really nice vibe, and that's what I like about mm -hmm. arcades. It that one more so than most other arcades had like the the local hometown arcade feel. Yeah. 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 And that's mm. the thing. We're lucky enough that we're in an area where there are arcades in a lot of surrounding suburbs. And they're all, they, they all offered something different. Yeah. Mm, the, this thing where people say arcades are dead, it's not true. That there's the, the ones on our seafronts like Blackpool and Fleetwood oh, yeah. and, and all, all them kind of places are full of the redemption games and the yeah it's the, the, it's the, the coin, corporate arcades yeah the coin it's pushes the corporate arcades that are full of yeah the uh, the, the redemption games like even yeah. Namco out here has like they have arcades but they're uh, redemption yeah yeah we well do. they have uh, Pac Man Entertainment too which is right a little bit of a hybrid yeah Formerly but level it's still still more like redemption true focused. But there is loads of little arcades in the UK that are springing up, just like 10, 12 cabs, and like linked to, like, I think they get other money from the food, obviously, and the drink. But it, there's there's quite a few. 
So the, the model has changed, you know, some of them, like, I don't know if you've heard of four quarters, which you get four quarters when you go in, when you buy a drink and you can use them in the all the coin mechs or American coin mechs and you can use them in the games. But they get the most of the revenue from the drinks. But there's, yeah. there's, I think there's four of them now. There's another chain called NQ64. Yeah, the arcades as we know it are not dead in the UK. They're just smaller. And they've sure. cha- changed a bit, apart from Arcade Club, which is massive, but the rest, most of the rest of them are smaller. And they've changed the business model, so they're still going. It's just different. And one more from me, and I'll shut up. Ted Dabney Experience Podcast. I love this show. It's great. It, it interviews the old, the old people from Atari, oh. like, like the people that you don't really hear about. Like there's there's one woman that did the cell sheets, and you think, what's a cell sheet? And it's a flyer. It's what they what they called a flyer at Atari in the early days. And there's there's loads of stuff. And this time they've interviewed Walter Day, uh, and it's a fascinating interview about the supply and demand of arcade machines. And the competing and competing arcades across the USA. Oh, it, holy it's, crap! It's on uh, Stitcher. It's, it is really good. It's re- it goes really in depth, and that they they just like I think Ed Log's been on it, and like like nice luminaries of of the scene. You know, like people that did the graphic design and people that did the programming, like people that you don't normally hear of. It's really good. It's my favourite podcast, apart from yours, obviously. I'm going to listen to the Jamie Fenton episode. I bet that one's interesting. There's only three I listen to when they come out, and yours is one. Pixel Hunt is another, which is a UK one. And mm. Ted Dabney is another one. I love it. Okay, I have way too many podcasts to listen to. I know. Too. I've got an hour drive either way to work now, roughly. And so I've caught up on all the podcasts. I quite enjoy the drive, really. Yeah, we're sitting where I work. So. Well, I got a 45-minute drive yeah. each way. No, oh, I need something to keep me company. Biscuits with you. Biscuits with you. I learned about you. Biscuits with you. Okay, let's move on to Biscuit Review. And I'll hand this over to you because Biscuits in America are, are different. This is live Biscuit Review, kids. All right, what we have here are uh, Red Lobster Cheddar Bay biscuits, and uh, oh god, they look uh, good. They do. They look smell good. good. Yeah. Sean made them too, though, so who knows? Yeah, they uh, they're available for uh, at the Red Lobster restaurant, and in the grocery stores here, you can also get the mix. Oh yeah, there's no seafood in the biscuits. They're just. No. Yeah. I-, I went and they didn't so. have any. Mister sold out. Oh, sorry, not yeah. not Red Lobster, Asda. Sorry, I went to Asda. Asta. For some biscuits. Uh, it's our Walmart. Mm. Oh, good. <laughs> well, you know what's in my mouth? Uh, I, I was expecting these to be overly salty because they tend to be in the restaurant, but actually these are pretty good. No, these are, these are uh, properly seasoned, and um, these would go good with a good sausage and gravy. What are they called again? I'm going to type this in so I remember it. Red Lobster. Cheddar, Cheddar Bay, Bay Biscuits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, shredded cheddar in there. And uh, they're topped with a garlic herb butter. Or as the uh, Brits call these, scones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I was uh, Sean Holly. I was sitting next to you yes. at Tony's before we all went to Galloping Ghost. Yes. And you got these. You got the biscuits. And you turned to me and you said, these are scones. That's what they really are. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the kind of biscuits we're having right now. Mm. These things are amazing. They're really good, yeah. Two thumbs way up. Hmm, very nice. Hmm. Listener feedback. Feedback. Deadlock. Great episode of Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. Although letting Sean Holly and Soul the Bull loose at the same time could have went on for hours. Uh, uh, Vic laugh. Not that. Not that. That's a bad thing. Thank you very much, Mister Deadlock. He's the one that does our PDFs. You know that the. the the 10 pence arcade pdf <laughs> next one is from don gratton hey sean packland has a lot to achieve going to have a few pints at the local watering hole in a few sessions and i replied a scientific survey done by me and three other people has revealed that the sweet spot for gaming and excellence and booze is 1.66 pints this means you actually increase your gaming prowess until you start to finish your second pint then it will go south that's what I used to find. I used to find you brilliant 
then you have a pint and think, yeah you get a little bit better and then you start getting worse and worse and you get upset with yourself that you're not getting any better and you get more and more annoyed and more and more drunk and done saying sean your research is exemplary as always i would i would do a jameson shot to salute your analysis <laughs> trollnads defender of truth and justice and arch enemy of the tempest arcade podcast hi trollnads he says so I, I made a mistake last time saying groovy mame the video came out of the sound card not the video card so he said if, if your video comes out of the sound card does the audio come out of the video card and I put a, a deliberate mistake to see if that dastardly fiend Trollnad was paying attention. Jason Japing Barber. Hope you're all well. The Gapless pod was another classic and sparked some arcade memories when Soul mentioned getting a surprise free credits from banging the panel. I remember many of the arcades being a bit of a wild west back in the day. A friend of mine in the day used to get used to be able to get three credits on any Zachariah cabinet by spinning a two pence coin up into the 50 pence coin reject slot i seem mm. to remember i think he used, used to used to use it mainly for astro wards which i think was a zachariah version of kind of galaxian or space if i'm not mistaken that used to be able to in old nintendo machines like uh, donkey kong you used to be able to like flip a coin up in the reject and it would register a credit really i've heard that somewhere oh wow of course they uh after they found that out they put in uh you know, <clears throat> countermeasures, as it were. <laughs> right, Sol, who was last month's host, thanks for having me on your podcast. It was the mostest, funniest time to chat about shooty pew pew. Much love. Ed Horse! <laughs> Can anyone do a horse impression there? No. <laughs> That's not bad. That's pretty good. Ed Horse <laughs> said, well, that was a good podcast, a good substitute for Vic. Two crazy wafflers going off off the rails with singing and nonsense. Aww. Homebrew Heroes. Okay, Homebrew Heroes. Oh, God, yeah, there were a couple of more that I just got from Atari Age. Uh, there was uh, Wizard Dunge- Wizard's Dungeon and, uh, oh, what's the other one? Hey, or Night Guy in Low Res World which is kind of a platform or a puzzle kind of thing. Uh, that's really all I can say at this point, other than it, the little bit of time I was able to spend with it looks uh, like a lot of fun. Uh, that is, uh, let's see, who designed this one? Who did this one? Uh, uh, a game by Vladimir Zuniga. It's amazing so, now, isn't it, the homebrew? I know the 7800s having a bit of revival. The Vectrix obviously is, and the 2600 as well. Yeah. Yeah, the twenty six hundred's got has been homebrewing like crazy for what twenty years now. Especially lately, what with Champ Games going at it. Oh my goodness! The stuff they've been putting out. You see, they're, uh, they're they have a uh, twenty six hundred version of uh, Robotron. Wait, no, 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 no. There's no. no theme. I was waiting for it. Yeah, but um, yeah. no, it's called Robot War twenty six eighty four, and um, wow, that was really amazing what they did with that. I don't have the cartridge, but I've seen, uh, I've played the, um, uh, the the demo that they have, and that's just amazing. Their version of Zookeeper was really good. Oh, yeah. That. Mm-hmm. Um, they really, did they release Avalanche? I know they were talking about it. Yeah, they did. They did release they did. it? Okay, because that, that's what I'm actually interested in, because it's like Kaboom before Kaboom. Yeah. Yeah, that was another another Atari one that was uh, ahead of its time, wasn't it? Avalanche, and then Activision made it their own, really, and made it. I don't know if it was a yep, better there's game. There's actually, a, I believe, an official home release of Avalanche on the Atari eight bit computers. I think it was through really? the Atari Program Exchange. Huh. Ah. And uh, so, it, so I've been I play that whenever I have my eight bit hooked up. Feature game review. What the hell is it? Featured Game Review. Why, sir? It is Pac-Land from Namco, 1984. It was exported by and by the Midway in the, in the Western Hemisphere. Three buttons! Left, right and run. It's a horizontal scrolling platformer heavily inspired by the 1982-84 Hanna-Barbera cartoon TV series. Even incorporates some of the tunes. And I've put, and it sounds like this. And I found a YouTube of the, the cartoon. Oh, I need a power pellet bonus! 
I love that theme song. <laughs> it is good music. Then the actual arcade game, and the arcade game is sped up. so many bits but it's borrowed characters and but the japanese never never saw the american cartoon which ran for like three seasons so i think the japanese developers had to watch the they're calling it anime watch the cartoons in the 80s to make this game and in japan they actually used their standard pac-man design as opposed to designing it after the, the cartoon. american cartoon pac-man yeah that's right mm-hmm. it looks like the uh the the Pac-Man on the, like on the uh, side, art. side art. yeah. Well, maybe yeah. not the Pac-Man side. Well, their Pac-Man side art. That's what yeah. I'm saying, yeah. Because our Pac-Man side art is that weird thing with the two feet sticking out of it. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yeah, and the Japanese one, he's got a massive long nose, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Right. How to play. Three buttons on a proper cab. Tap the directional button to speed up, but you slow down back to normal speed in a few seconds. Boo! So you have to keep tapping it to stay at maximum speed and maximum height. Jumps. Pac-Man, then, is a horizontally scrolling platform game set in the cartoon world, split into trips. Each trip has four rounds. The first three... Wait, don't you mean four racks? Isn't that... Because this is a... (laughs) This is a ballet game in the United States. But it was designed by Namco, though. They're called by racks. They're called racks. Nice racks. I think they should be. I think they should be. The first three, you get to Fairyland, and the fourth, you go home. Start on a higher trip for more end-of-level bonus points. This option is only available in the Midway version, which I didn't know. Oh, I did not know that either. Did you know ArcadeHistory.com? The descriptions in the games is what's used in the main.history file. Yeah, I did know that, yes. Oh, I found that out, yeah, a couple of years ago. (laughs) What I've done, I just copied all of that into here, then I felt guilty, and I thought thought I'd better do some proper research. (laughs) Just copied everything. I thought I can read it and change a few words. Well, that's one thing that uh, you guys are doing better than we are. We we plagiarize everything. Well, one of the first things I learned in copywriting class for uh, radio is that... uh, yeah, it's perfectly all right to take a news story from a wire service. Just, uh, you know, put your own language to it. <laughs> That's what we did. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. We're the professionals here. <laughs> In quotes. Yeah. Right. Here we go. A fairy has lost her way and needs... Pa- I've changed all this, by the way. A fairy has lost her way and needs Pac-Man to help her get back back to her home of Fairyland. Pac-Man puts the fairy under his hat and then must run and jump through the world of towns, forests, rocky pillars, very long buildings with locked doors, sometimes in the dark, and large ponds. Once he's done, then he reaches a door with a mound of flowers on the other side. A fairy queen is standing in the flowers, squashing, squashing, squashing some tulips. Why would she do that? Give the little fairy to the fairy queen. She is happy. Little fairy is happy. But Pac-Man wants a reward for all his hard work. Cash, alcohol, new car, you know the score. Instead, <laughs> instead, he gets some glowing red boots, which is not bad, to be honest. So he can sky jump his way home, trying to control that, God. Right to left over yeah. the same landscape he came through. She did not do him any favours. No. <laughs> Stupid fairy queen. Pac-Man's family is different. When you get back there, if you notice this, I don't know if you've seen a different ROM. Pac-Man's family is different depending on which territory ROM you are using. There's different characters. Pac-Man is confused. Now do it all again. Oh, joy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, there's quite a strict time limit, so hurry up or Ghost Sue will rush over and kick your head in, Will Sue, at the end of each round. Players are awarded bonus points based on how much time limit remains on each stage. Cherries and other items can be collected for extra points. I may have stolen this bit. There are a total of eight different trips in the game, totaling 32 levels. After the eighth trip, the ninth trip is a repeat of the fifth trip with level 33 effectively being level 17, if you see what they mean. I don't know what you're doing. Anyway, enemies and obstacles. Fire hydrants. Tree, t- tree stumps and cacti can be jumped over, and some can be moved and pushed. Yes. Always try to go backwards with those things and see what you can reveal. Platforms, log platforms, they can go up and down. They must be jumped on carefully to avoid going into a pit. Log bridges. Oh, no, them log bridges. You know, the ones that rotate, the little logs. Oh, yeah. And they, and, oh, yeah. yeah. 
Those are fun. You just gotta keep jumping. Clouds, very tiny. Skulls, ponds, lots oh, of stuff. I hate the skulls. Skulls. Later in the game, two entirely different types of levels appear. Sunken ships and castles, just like different versions of the really long building with the keys you've got to oh, keys you've got to collect to get through. Okay, that is much later in the game because I thought I was pretty good at this, and I've never seen those. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, I've seen them on YouTube. Uh, though. Yeah. Up until like a year ago, when we or when we talked about Packland, I could never get past that one really long jump early on in the game. I couldn't figure out how to do it. It was a long time ago, episode seven. Was it? Was yeah. it that long ago? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I couldn't do it, and that's what's really put me off it. But I found out just today. Instead of tapping right, you have to tap left and right, track and field style, to go over the... I never did The long that. gap? Yeah. I always kept hitting jump. Huh. No, jump didn't work. Well, not for me. Huh. It's left and right, and you hover more. Hmm. And I've only found that out today, and it's still not brilliant. You still struggle to get to the side, but it's better than just to tap in right. And by the way, people who are emulating this do not use a wireless controller to play because you will not survive those jumps. Why? I don't know. <laughs> lag? I just found that out the hard way that if you're using like a wireless controller... Probably lag. There's, It's, yeah. it's got to be the lag, yeah. But use a wired controller. Lag you're going to get some, some lag with wireless, aren't you? We're going to get a tiny yeah. bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Right, there's many items in this game. Power pellet... Like the original game, it allows Pac-Man to eat the ghosts. Helmet can be used to dodge micro micro ghosts. The smaller ghost, that's it. Or that helmet is invaluable, and if you get it on the early levels, and then they're dropping stuff on your head. What's really cool is if you are under the power of a power pellet when they're dropping, when the monsters are still falling, the ghost little ghost monster bombs are still falling. That counts as chomping a ghost monster, so you get right. the appropriate points. Wait, what monster? When, the, the, when uh, the ghost monsters are dropping the little tiny ghost monster bombs... Chomping they, the monster. They... Shut up. They turn... <laughs> like, basically, the little bombs turn into tiny ghost <laughs> monsters when you are under the influence of a power pellet. And ergo, your score increases as if you just ate another ghost monster. So if you can time that, then you're going to have some really nice extra points. Hmm. Yeah, it is good. It's very tricky, but it's, it can be done. Lucky pack. I've not seen that one. The player will receive a time bonus. I've not seen that one. Special pack. Pac-Man gets an extra life. That's an L on the Pac-Man, isn't it? Ship, yeah. A ship extends the length of the planks in the sunken ship levels. That's that's useful because you get them big cannons of water shooting up, don't you? Oh, we'll take okay. I have, seen, I have seen that. Yes. I'll take your word for it. A key <laughs> is required to put castle levels. Galaxian awards 7,650 points. There's there's something that's not on here and I've not seen anywhere on the internet in my vast research of over 22 minutes. I was, I was playing, it at, playing it at Arcade Club Bury last week and my, my mates were playing and as you get to the end of the level and Pac, Pac-Man slows down, there's a building. And if you jump yes, just near the edge of that building, you get a bonus. But if you jump yep. just right, you get the Pac-Man number, which is 765, yes. not Pac-Man. Namco, Namco. Yeah. which is 7650, <laughs> and I've done it a few times. But I haven't seen that here, but yeah, I've, I've, I've done it. I have it. done that. Yeah. yeah. It is somewhere on the internet, and that is the Pie Factory Podcast archives <clears throat> at PieFactoryPodcast.com. If you listen to our episode, we do talk about that. Oh, did I oh, listen do we to have that? a resident ping? So we've, we pi- I'm glad ping! to know that we pioneered something. We were the first, to t- apparently the first to discuss that little bonus. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I didn't hear. Why did I not spot that? I looked back and thought, "Oh, you must have done this," and then I was not seeing that you'd done it. Damn it! Done it. Damn yeah, it. we're gonna put up a little search engine on our website eventually. <laughs> yeah, because you go through go back through all the pages, don't you? Yeah. 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 That's not. <laughs> hey, Jim. I finally put a I put a search engine on the website. We haven't done the podcast for twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> so on archive.org is brilliant. Balloons, I've seen them. I've never got them myself. Balloons pop out, fly all over the place, you collect them. Power. I have seen that. Flower, sorry, not power. A mysterious power-up that seems to have no function whatsoever. It only appears on level (laughs) one. 
don't know what that is. Fruits. There's bonus points for fruits, obviously, like Pac-Man, yeah. strawberries, cherries, oranges, apples, melons, cheesecake. Not cheesecake, I made that one up. TV series connections. Pac-Man was heavily inspired by the Pac-Man TV series and many references to it. The most obvious connection is the music. Some of the game's other tracks are, appear in the castle levels. Even more connections in the Bally Midway UK, uh, sorry, US release. Pac-Man's hat looked more like a fedora. Mrs. Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man's giving brown hair. Baby, but yeah. I just looked up some stuff about Pac-Land on the Cutting Root and Floor website, tcrf.net. Um, that might, I don't know if you guys use that, but that's a great source for like hidden things that aren't in other, uh, on other web pages. Yeah, we do look at it from time to time. Not, not hell of a lot. There's some interesting stuff with Pac-Land I just saw on there. But we'll see. I I use mostly arcade history for my notes. Usually pretty good, but every once in a while they don't have any information on a game, too. Cabinet art. If you can see that now on the show notes, that is a nice cabinet. It's, it is, yeah. It's kind of got a, an unusual side. Really nice marquee, really nice bezel, really nice control panel. The bottom part of the machine is like the dark, the dark yellow, you've got the front and the normal yellow, but it Speaking looked, of the control panel, we should mention that it's ambidextrous, so you have two jump buttons. Uh, it's yeah. I. Yes. Yeah. I knew I was going to do that joke. I've, do you know what? I don't think I've, I've seen a Pac Mania original. I don't think I've ever seen a Pac Land. Have I? There might be one at Arcade Club. I'll get them mixed up. Maybe. Right. Graphics and sound. I'm going to have to say the music drives me mad. Switched it really? off. Really? Yeah. It's just, That's not a very long drive. <laughs> oh, I like it. It's it's just so repetitive. Just so repetitive. Switch off after five minutes. The graphics. I some, love the music. Somehow remind me of an old Commodore sixty four text adventure game with the added graphical backgrounds. I don't know if you've ever seen them. And the scene would draw in. It does kind of remind me of one of those uh, Sierra. Yeah, that um, kind of like thing. point and click games. Hmm. Like uh, like Police Quest, King's Quest sort of thing. Like especially when you're in the forest. Don't yeah. Yeah, I never thought about that, but yeah. That's, and it's that yeah. flat, flat type of graphics that I'm not so keen on. They're okay. But the character sprites, I think, are really good. There's little animations oh, when, yeah. when Pac-Man jumps, his hat jumps. Yeah, I think the character oh, yeah. animation is very good, but the background just weird, seem weird and flat. There's no shade in It's just strange. I think it may be trying to look like the cartoon, maybe. I'm not sure. Yes, I, yeah, I think it is. The Midway version allows the player to start on any one of the game's first five trips, whereas the Japanese version doesn't. You can only start on the first stage. Gameplay in the Japanese version is set slower, which makes it easier, which is unusual because the Japanese games, especially shoot 'em ups, were always harder than the. Than I the... would think it would make the game more boring, too, because one of the yeah. big problems I have with the home ports is that they're all slow. Right. Maybe, oh, maybe they're based on the Japanese version. Ooh, never thought of that. Mm. The Amiga version was just uh, the Commodore 64 version I couldn't stand. I know I've played a couple other versions that I just could not get into. Mm, it's a bit of a unusual one that. Japanese set also has some minor graphical graphical differences to the midway. Pac-Man nose is longer and the hat he wears has a feather in it. Also, Pac-Man when he completes the stage and returns home to his family, only Miss Pac this is it. Only Miss Pac-Man and Baby Pac-Man are there. Poor Pac-Man. Chomp Chomp and Sourpuss, the pet dog and the cat who appear in the Midway sets and the cartoon, are not there. Oof! And uh, this is going to be a little bit obscure. There is a uh, Pac-Man sequel called Pac and Pal. We've all heard of it, of yes. course. In America, it was called Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp. And instead of uh, Mirror, the little goblin or whatever that kind of helps slash hinders Pac-Man... It's Chomp Chomp from the TV cartoon. Ah. As far as I know, only one cabinet was ever made of Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp, and I saw it. I didn't get to play it, though, but I actually saw it. I actually just the other day listened to our episode about Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp, or Pac and Pal. Yeah. And um, Sean has a fascinating story. <clears throat> about how his dad wouldn't give him a quarter to play. Oh, yeah, because I, I was like eight <laughs> years old, nine years old, he gave me a dollar for Aladdin's Castle, and that was it. And I did not see Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp until I used up my dollar. 
and I was so ticked off because man, I want to play the I I wanted to play all the newest Pac Man games, and my dad said nope nope you no more that's it and I didn't see any laying on the ground my brother wasn't there to give me any of his leftovers so I just basically stayed around and watched other people play it. But and my dad said, "Oh, next time you can play it. Next time, Pac-Man and Chomp Chomp was gone, and it was replaced with Pac-Land, which I ended up liking much better anyway." Something I've learned in life is that, especially since I was married, next time never arrives. Mm. Mm. Wisdom. Yeah. yeah. So do if you're gonna do it, do it now, kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, but you uh, can't do it when you're nine years old and your dad will give you another quarter. <laughs> Always hide one. Hide the quarter. Okay, but the thing is, where am I going to get the quarter to hide then? I didn't have a job. I was nine years old. Well, back in my day, kids had jobs when they were Well, you're still older in than me, womb. so that I was born after the labor movement. I don't know what the labor movement was. What was that? I don't even know anymore. Right. <laughs> it's the reason we have weekends, basically. Let us take a look at the scores, guys. Ooh. Here we go, kids. <laughs> In at number 40, it is number 40, is Brian Haribo with How Did Mr. Pack Agree to This? It's like Orson Welles doing a sitcom. I'm not playing it. I don't like Pacland, but Louis is having a good crack at it. Up at number 39, Chris MPU K June 16650. Up two places to number 38, Basil the Sane 19,230. Hard as nails, BS Logs did it for me every time. This score was the best I could muster. Next one. A new entry for Garen. Retro Schmupper. 21,470. Up, up to number 36 is Shep. 914. 24,470. Next is me. I didn't do very well. With 27,960. After that, you've got Retro Rex with 28,550. A new entry at number 33 is Andrew Driver with 33,900. Then you've got Zestora with 34,780. In at 31 is Paul McCaskey with 35,650. Ooh, a non-mover at number 30 is Rob DC with 38,490. At number 29, a new entry for Mr. Neil 20 to 5, 42,650. Pantsland. What a load of pants. Pants control. Pants responsiveness. Pants level design. Total turd. Rage quit. After rage quit. After rage quit. This is not, this is going to write actually. What, number 28. One punch run. 46, 170. I was talking in this song. I didn't know this. Number 27. We've got John Porchy with 46, 660. A new entry at number 26 is Victor Biscuits. Our Victor with 50,150. OMG, I don't hate the pack of lands. Looks good. Someone said it looks good. It looks like a child grew it freehand on MS Paint. <laughs> Next in is Louis Wellham. Well played, Louis. 58,900. At number 24, it's a non-mover for Dell's Arcade. 59,810. At 23... Pilbo 66470. Going up seven to number 22, it's Chris CMP with 73,760. In at number 21, it's Solder Ball who chose this game, Solder Ball 84,960. Also up a couple at number 20 is Ivan Storm with 85,260. Kingy in at number 19. Kingy RGDS with 88,420. A new entry at number 18 is Don Gratton with 91,380. Doesn't every arcade game have questionable collision detection at some point? No, it doesn't, Don, actually. Just play the game, he's put. Number 17 is our Martin Deadlock, 92,700. And an unmover at number 16 is Matthew Bridge with 93,750. Going up six is Jeremy Riley at number 15 with 106,490. A great game, it was a pleasure to learn. I only played it once or twice before and it is a 
deep platformer worthy of the praise I've heard. I think it might be too late to switch from, uh, from stick to buttons for the big water jumps though in Packland. In at 14 is John Retro Reloader with 107 480. Number 13, a new entry for Retro Rick, 109,530. Up seven to number 12 is He Is Jimmy with 111,370. Early score submission for Cat Clan because it is way too annoying to spend any more time on. Looks good, sounds good, but plays like a turd. Manage this, manage this score by warping to level three and picking up the bonus. And another new entry, number 11, Mr. Messi, 114,270. This game feels extremely fiddly to control, with all the double tapping needed to run and jump higher. I, I think that too. I feel that a second run button would have made it more fun. Me too. As Homer Simpson said, if something's hard to do, then it's not worth doing. Wise words, wise words, Mr. Messi. Up 10 to number 10 is Old Man Steve, with 119,000. 980. I remember this game in the arcades as a kid and stayed away from it. Now I've had a proper go at playing it. I was right. Double tap to run, smashing the buttons to stay over, stay in the air. But it's like playing Flappy Bird with some magic shoes. Straight in, a new entry, number nine is J Ping Barber. 124,060. Very odd game. Bizarre controls. Took a long time to get used to, and it wasn't 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 really worth time. I remember why I didn't play this when I was a kid. The weather was the weather has been too good to have another go. Next game, please. In at number nine, Wise Mids. James Wise Mids. 128,618. Get to the good scores now. And up 17 places, a big jump for Mr. Rygar, 168,020. Ian Cullen, another, another new entry at number 6, 191,460. And in at number 5, a huge new entry for ZX Michael with 209,280. And a newcomer to the, to the fray, a good friend, Danny Frothmeister, 400,750. Oh, and it's a non-mover at number 3 for Mr. Berserker with 557,090. It's at this point in the countdown I've got the numbers wrong. So that was just add, an, add a number onto all that lot, kids because hitting in at number one a brand new entry taking the charge by storm i tell thee <laughs> mr happy mark happy dude with 592,000. stick that up your shoot pack land thank you bye ports and sequels this is this is the pac-man lineage kind of thing in the arcades i don't think there's any missing because i've stolen it again from somewhere and not look research it did a bit of research actually pac-man 1980 pal missing i put that in for you did you oh thank you yeah pac-man 1980 miss pac-man 81 super pac-man 82 which is a good game pac-man plus 82 which i haven't played love it oh is that the one with the invisible bits no uh, yeah it, eventually yeah, yeah that came mm -hmm. out before super pac-man too Junior Pac-Man, which I quite like. Is that the Scrolling Maze? Yep. Yeah, I like that one. Pac and Pal, Professor. I think, I think Zachariah did a version of this called called Pack and Paint. Hmm. I think I've seen it. I think it was an, an official thing. Professor Pac-Man, which is the quiz thing. Pac-Land. Sean's favorite game. Which we could. <laughs> 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 I know you like that one. Pac-Land, which are covering now. Pac-Mania, Pac which I really liked. I like that one. With the jumping mechanic, and I really like that. My favorite part of that game is the uh, the Lego maze. That's awesome. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, that is mm. awesome. Pac-Man VR 1996. Don't know what that was. That was the first wave of VR stuff that came into the arcades, which was, yeah, as we say, bobbins. It was bobbins. It wasn't great. So you sold with it? But uh, Yeah. Think so. Pac-Man <laughs> Battle Royale. Now that that's arcade club and a few other places. That is a really good party game. It's a it's a stand at cocktail table, four players. So it's like last man standing kind of thing. Many 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 console and computer versions. More to mention. More to, more than you can even mention to your face. What changes and improvements? 
What changes and improvements would you make to this, gentlemen? Any? I would, I would instead of the uh, the run buttons, left and right run buttons, I'd put a trackball on this thing. Oh, that's Go a good idea, right. maybe. Hmm. And then when you hit that big jump that you can't, it's hard to get over, you just whoosh, 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 yeah. on the trackball. It'll give yourself a good workout, too. Yeah. Mm. Get that wrist action going. Wait a minute, that's something else. <laughs> anything Sean if you <laughs> do anything on it improve oh, anything I went there <laughs> see now you know why we don't get together that much yeah <laughs> I would make it a two button game one for jump one for speed I think that would help or better yet what I think and this is purely economical use the Super Pac-Man cabinet for it and adapt it for joystick control and you already have your speed button. Mm. Because here's the way it works. It's not that you have to keep repeatedly tapping the directional button. You basically hit it twice and you can hold it down and Pac-Man will still maintain that fast speed. The problem is that gets kind of confusing. But that mechanism can be adapted to a joystick and you can keep tapping the joystick. Mm. But, what would you do about jump? That's what the super speed button is for. Ah, okay. yeah. Gotcha. So it would be a combo mm. ladder. Yeah, yeah. I would also have more variety in the music <laughs> and more level variation. I know there's a few bits, but there's not a lot. To say there's 32 levels, they, they repeat quite a lot. No, you know what I would do? I would, I would put Mesmeron in the game. I don't yes. think he's in there anywhere. Yes, he was Who's the that? big baddie in the cartoon. He was oh, the right. big baddie in the cartoon. Oh, yeah. He the, was, the... yeah, yeah, he was the Ghost Monster's boss. Basically. Oh, you know what would be neat is if they had a, a bonus round with uh, with uh, Pac-Man uh, as Santa, based on the holiday special. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I, that, I would play the heck out of that. All right. Um, if anybody is interested, I wrote a blog entry about the Pac-Man uh, holiday special. I will, uh, uh, Sean. I'll send you a link to it if you care to share it with uh, in the sh- in the uh, the no shows as you people like to say. <laughs> Ooh, right, this next bit: annoy or enjoy. Annoy. Enjoy. Uh, annoy. I think. I've tried so much to like this game over the years because it should be right up my street, but the controls are something you put up with, I think, not something you enjoy. And the and the gra- graphics seem flat. I have no interest in seeing the later levels. I think it's kind of boring. I would give it, on your scale, I would give it one continue. What would you? What do you think, Jim? Uh, I will give it a slight enjoy. Um, I agree on the issue with the control, but I th- I like what they were going for, and I like that it's it's loaded down with secrets. Um, yeah, who's that? Yeah, I unlike you, I do kind of like the music, and I think the graphics are just fine for what they were trying to accomplish. I think this was meant for younger people, but it was too hard with the controls for younger people. So yeah. I. So I give it a slight enjoy. Uh, on our scale, I give it three continues. Oh, fair enough. I would give it. A, I would give it an absolute enjoy. I mean, I didn't think the controls were hard when I first played this as a nine-year-old. I loved it. In fact, it was my favorite of the Pac-Man games back then, and I still love it to this day. It's Pac-Land, lots of fun. It might help that I watched that cartoon every freaking Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> People knew not to try to change the channel on me or else there would have been problems. We're talking 15 minutes to Wapner type problems. But, man, I and I loved how it translated into a game. I thought they did a good job with the material and made it really fun. And it still had some classic Pac-Man elements. To it was it. true to its source. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. So we don't so, get a lot of that in the arcade games. The one arcade game I think it was most true to its source is Roadrunner. Hmm. But I remember our I remember the trips to Aladdin's Castle. This was the one I wanted to play the most. Absolutely. Every time 
and I still find myself loving it. So if I were to uh, use our continue scale, I would rate it a five continues, just as I did six years ago. I don't remember what I wow. rated back then, but I would give it a three still. I'm in a, a chat with like six of the five of the people, so there's six of us, and it's like a close chat. And we're completely split down the middle. So three of us love it, three of us hate it. And we're just, it's just one of them games, I think. And the, the, the rating on Psychic is really good, really, for, for, for amount of votes. 7.3. So it's genuine, generally favorable. Favorable. So I'm, I'm in the minority, but I just don't like the controls. I just don't like them. And I know there is ways to get over the ponds and, but, I've tried playing it with a joystick and button. I've tried playing it with two buttons. I've tried playing it with no buttons, with up being the jump. I've tried it all different ways this last month, and I've never got on with any of them. So, yeah, it's an annoy, and it's a one continue. And the last word. This is the last word, meaning what would we play instead of Packland, which is which is something similar. And I would I would go for Wonder Boy, because I love Wonder Boy. It's it's similar kind of thing. It's got it has got a speed up button. There's loads of in it, loads of stuff in it. Hidden secrets. It's fast. It's very responsive controls. I don't think Patland is. It's a bit jer- mm. bit jerky. But yeah, I, w- I would play Wonder Boy instead of this. I don't know if you've got any thoughts. If you would play something different, I think I would probably play Pitfall Two. I need, yeah, I need to look into that. I, f- I think it's all right. Not the arcade game Pitfall 2. The arcade Pitfall 2 sucks. Oh, but the right. Atari 2600 version. Oh, I loved that. I loved that game, yeah. It was like, not open world, but it was... It might as well have been open world. It, you were in, a, you were in a, a set, like, I don't know how many screens across and how many up and down, but you there was a huge element of exploration in Pitfall 2 that wasn't in the original Pitfall. I think they're both brilliant games. I think that I think that just the next. I don't know. Oh, they did do sequels, didn't they? I seen the Mega Drive one was like amazing animation, but just it was all right. Yeah, but they did uh, Pitfall: The Mine Adventure, and then the NES had Super Pitfall, which a lot of people hate. But I got a kind of a weird amount of enjoyment from Super Pitfall on the NES or uh, Famicom, whatever they call it. Mm. Yeah, Angry Video Game Nerd had a great episode about Super Pitfall. <laughs> So what would would you play instead, Sean? Would you play anything different? I would have to say probably something in the Sonic the Hedgehog series. All right, Especially yeah. because there, there is a little bit of parallelism in it, because you still have the two different speeds, in a way. And it's just lots of fun just zooming across the screen. So mm. de- definitely the, the Sonic the Hedgehog series. No. In fact, I, what I want to do is just dedicate some time to sit through every single Sonic game. And give it a shot. And Jimmy G is pointing to my Atari shelf for some reason. I just thought of a game that's an equal to it yeah. on the 7800. Yeah. Bentley Bears Crystal Quest. Oh, yeah. That would, that be, a, that would be a good game. That's a really good game. Yeah. yeah. Bentley Bears Crystal Quest homebrew by Bob Crescenzo on the Atari 7800 would actually be a good... Uh, From Crystal Castles. Well, he was going to be called something else, wasn't he? That, that's a good quiz question. Bentley Bear was going to be called something else. What was it? Oh. Can't remember. Next show's game. So, next show's game. And as we've been doing, as I've been doing, and Vic's busy watering his plants. If you know what I mean. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. Uh-oh. The guest hosts... (laughs) I would, I would like the guest hosts if they would like to pick the next game. And we've already talked about it. I don't know if this is a go or not, but what are you going to go with this one? I believe so, yes. Right. So next show's game is Dodonpachi Dai Uju. Well done. Oh, no. I'll get killed by Vic. Tinkle Pit Developer. <laughs> it was a developer. Okay, I can find Namco. all... Is it Namco? It was Namco. It was Namco. Mm-hmm. Rom. Okay. Bentley Bear's original name was Braveheart Bear. That's it. That's it. I knew that. No, I didn't. Tinkle Pit. Rom set is T-I-N-K-L-P-I-T. 1993, Namco. All the settings are hidden in... Or this is one of them that didn't have dip switch settings. Are you doing test mode or something? Yeah. 
but it'd be all default settings lives default difficulty default extra lives default i will talk about them when i know what i'm on about submit your score arcade roms only please no scores from console or computer compilations because they may be different altered or mangled in unimaginable ways or you can submit your score on Twitter, which is what the majority of people do. Hashtag 10p score, 10p score. Sidekick, the lovely sidekick app on 10 pence club section. So we please. can use MAME and uh, report it on, on uh, sidekick. That's allowed? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I yeah. wish I would have known that. <laughs> yes, because most people don't get can't get to the original cabs. Especially that not Tinkle Pit. Especially not Tinkle Pit. I only know of one Tinkle Pit cabinet, and it's a crapshoot whether it's working or not. What, yeah. in, in the US, I think it was is working one? when I was last there. Yeah, just galloping ghost. Wow. Yeah, we could go, yeah, we One time go we today. actually joked to Doc uh, about, oh, so when you're going to get Tinkle Pit, and he's like, he, I don't remember what his response was, but he, I think he said he wasn't looking for it or something. He, and then, he said, I've heard of it. Yeah, and then he he, uh, he got one. He's done that to us when we like, when are you going to get whatever? And he's like, oh, I'm not interested in it. And then a couple weeks later, it's on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> you gave me some stickers, didn't you, Tinkle Pit stickers, and I've still got two left. I put them on things, and I can't remember what I've put them on. They're discontinued, by the way. So you got, you got yourself. Oh, like that's right, because of uh, red bubbles. I've got one on a cab or summit somewhere. Anyway, got a couple left. Right, you can submit your score. Uh, yes, email to the site vertvic at tenpencearcade.co.uk. Facebook has a comment to the podcast post. UK vac a vagabond, a rapscallion. A scallywag or a near do well. If you see any of them, I love them. If you see any of those people walking around, you can just give them a piece of paper saying, just get that to Vic and Sean. Deadline for score submissions is Monday, the 8th of August, 2022, 5 p.m. UK time. That was poetic. It's good, that wasn't it? I'm now going to sing. No, I'm not. So thank you, thank you very much for joining me, lads. It's been very wonderful, and good luck with your podcast. I'm sure it's going to go very well. This this fledgling oh, have you heard it? This, <laughs> this fledgling pie factory thing. I think it's going to do very very well. Yes, well thank, thank th- you, mate. Yes, thank you very much. This pie factory thing is going to do very well. <laughs> Ten pence might just take off. Yeah, thank you very much, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 